Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You are listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 134. Talk about rookie mistakes with my guest, May Silvers. May started her hospitality career as a food and beverage trainee at the Raffles Hotel, Singapore. It was there that she fell in love with the hospitality industry and decided to pursue her career further. May eventually worked her way up to director of catering and conference services and director of event planning at several luxury hotels. In 2012, May decided to take all that she had learned and start her own event planning company, M2 Hospitality, building multiple six figures while shattering industry norms. Today, May is passionate about helping other event planners increase profitability, grow their business, and create on their own terms with events for anyone. And today, May is with me to dish, y'all. We are talking about some rookie mistakes that maybe you're still making, even if you're not a rookie. Ooh, go grab your coffee, friends. Grab your tea. We're going to talk this one out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow, back here with you for another Thursday episode. Guys, I'm excited about today because we are talking about rookie mistakes to avoid when starting your event planning business and whether you are in year one or year 10. Wow. I know I look back and I think, what was I doing in year one? My guest this week is May Yo Silvers. May, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me on today, Renee. I am so excited you're here. I know, you know, as this podcast has gone on year after year, I, because I also, you know, expand my business and grow year after year, I think we have been leaning a lot lately toward, I think, topics that are more for a very seasoned business owner, right? And when when we talked about having you on the show and we talked about rookie mistakes, I was like, you know, there are a lot of new wedding planners out there, especially post-pandemic. Not that I think we're fully post-pandemic, but, you know, in, in this th- pandemic 3.0 that we're in. Um, and so I think it's very much worth talking about these mistakes that we often make in year one. Or what would you say? What would you call a rookie? Rookie mistakes, you know, to be very honest, sometimes as a season planner, we still commit those rookie mistakes. <laughs> don't tell anybody, May. No, we're, we're perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm 10th year in business this April. And when I look at the rookie mistakes that I actually put together in my book called The Unstoppable Eventrepreneur, and I was thinking, oh my God, I'm still committing some of these rookie mistakes. Well, not in such a serious, in a, yeah. not in, a, in, in such a serious um, extent, but I could do better. <laughs> Well, and isn't, isn't that the way, right? I think at yep. any place in our entrepreneurial journey, it's we can always look around and think, am I really 
working to the fullest potential here? Like, I think there's always going to be at least, I don't know, for me in my type, in my Enneagram three, you know, super overachiever brain, it's like, I could always be doing better. I think the cool thing about our business where it is now, and I think May, you and I have been in business for around the same amount of time. 10 years ago, no one was talking about this with anyone on a public free forum. <laughs> they were like, figure it out by yourself. Bye. I think a lot of, um, especially in our field, and I, I'm saying it in our field, events field, because these are the people that I hang out with all the time. It could be happening in other fields. Yeah. But I think that we don't have a true role model that we can look up to and ask questions. Access to seasoned planners or planners who are doing great in their business may not be the best people to teach you how they run their business. And I think that's the reason why we, me and you, when we first started our business, we got nobody to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> nobody to talk to and to find out what can I be doing better. And that's also probably the reason why after, you know, I think during COVID, if you're into the business, um, I saw a lot of my friends who are event planners um, lost their job. Oh, yeah. And, and they're in the hotel field and that's where my background was. And I was like, you know what? Somebody got to step up and tell these people that you have the talent and you definitely have the passion because you stuck with your job doing right. events in a hotel where you pay you peanuts and you yeah. still show up for work. So, <laughs> yes. so I, 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 have to, I have to bring some light to the darkness. So I started a, a mentorship program called the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur. And, and so many people wanted to start their own business. Like COVID actually brought on something positive that yes. we all be, suddenly decide that we can become an entrepreneur in my dictionary eventrepreneur yeah so but i wanted to be able to share my experience and also what i've seen in other friends of mine when they started their business we you know all great brands come together and i want to be able to put together a list of rookie mistakes to avoid and That's when right. just when you asked me just now you know like what exactly is determined as rookie? I, for me, I'm going to call this rookie mistakes because these mistakes are what is stopping you from starting your business in the first place. Mm. So yes, I agree. So yeah. wait, tell me the first one. Tell me your first rookie mistake that everyone needs to be careful for. Not knowing your numbers. Oh, well, hello. <laughs> hello. We talk, we're talking about money. It's like five minutes in. Get ready. Get ready, kids. Yep. We're talking about money. Well, yep. and not just money, but but the whole thing. You know, I think there's a real fallacy out there that at least the, the part that I've seen, and may, may maybe you've seen something different, but I've seen people say, well, it doesn't take much to start a wedding planning business. You can just start, just get a website. So they think that the overhead is very, very, very low to begin. I 100% agree with you. The, the entry, you know, to, to into this business, event planning business is very low. The, the cost factor is very low. When I talk about not knowing your numbers, it's more on the business perspective and assessing your risk appetite and understanding how to price yourself, understanding how much money you really want to make. So I'm going to give you, you an example using myself, okay? Great. So starting my business cost me nothing, all right? I did my own, I did my own website, so I saved money on that. And the only thing I paid was to register for LLC. I'm in the state of Florida. So that was only like 125 bucks and apply for a business um, license that cost me another 125 bucks. 
So in total, it cost me $250 to start the business. Wow, that is low. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if you guys are in the California, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's $800 for you. <laughs> My LLC fee is $800 a year minimum. So yep. it's a little different here. <laughs> yeah. So, so, well, so for me to start my own event planning company for two hundred fifty dollars, I can I can I can deal with that. Now you can you can do it the um you know the Rolls the Rolls Roy way and spend a lot of money getting people to do your logo, your website, the whole nine yards, or you can bootstrap at the very beginning, which is what I did. Okay, I bootstrap at the very beginning. However, what went wrong when I said that? Not knowing your numbers and your risk appetite is this. So I left my full time job, cushy six figure um, job as a director of catering and conference services at five star hotels, and then I went all in into my business. And then I put I put my sales skills into good use. Start calling all my potential clients and try to book events. Right.、Mm -hmm. So I managed to secure two clients. And of course, as a rookie entrepreneur, you are super excited. Is, oh my god, I have a client, right? So you pour all your energy into these two clients, which is exactly what I did. And then, of course, I didn't focus in building my pipeline because I was so afraid that I would lose these two clients. Yes, I basically just spent all my time fulfilling them. And then, when the event is over, what happened? I got no more leads. Okay, when you got no more leads. First month it's okay, you have your savings. Second month you dip more into your savings. Third month panic mode, okay? <laughs> panic mode hits in. Anxiety, pulling out your hair when you see your money is dwindling and then you have bills to pay. So what happened? You go look for another job, okay? You look for another job, and then you wonder, am I cut out to become a business owner because you didn't build your business, okay? You forgot to build your business. You only were servicing clients, but you forgot to build your business. You didn't know your numbers in terms of how much money do you need to put aside if you are going to go all in, quit your full time job and go all in. How much money do you need to put aside in order to start your business or to sustain you while you are building your business? So that was my rookie mistake, and I let the fear of not making money eat me up, and I、um, went to look for a job. And then I sort of ran my business part time, but when you have this fear, the first time you fail, you have more fear going into it the second time. In a sense that when it comes to money, when、yeah. you can very very easily make that six figure income, and then you're working on your business, it takes total dedication. Took me three times, Renee. Took me three、really? times to really wake up and say do or die. It's so interesting that yeah, it's an interesting. I always love how hearing how people start their business because I started my wedding planning business when I already had another another job. Like I, I had a, I had something I was doing that I didn't love, and I was trying to get out of it. <laughs> like I really was like, I, I'm the kind of person that when I decide I don't want to do something anymore, I'm like, how fast can I be done? Like I, I have no patience. I put a lot of expectation on myself at the beginning of my wedding planning business to book quickly, and. I had the cushion of having this other job that was bringing in a, a lot of money. Really, when I think back, I was like, "It's really ballsy of me to be like, I don't want that anymore. I want this new thing <laughs> that doesn't pay anything so far." But、um, I didn't sit down and do and know my numbers, right? Like I, I knew what we needed. I knew what our family budget was and what I needed to make every month. But I didn't. 
really have like a, okay, it will take me this many months to replace my salary. I just kind of went with faith. I would never do it that way again because it was very anxiety producing. You know, it all depends on your risk appetite. So if you are a, right. if you, you know, if you are a, put my feet to the fire, let me go all in, which I thought it was me until my feet was really in the fire. I was like, uh, ah, you're it like no, not me. All um, right. So, yeah. I have a very high tolerance for risk now in year 10, you know, of this business and 13 yeah, in the industry. Too. Yeah. I don't know. I think year one me wanted to be brave and wanted to have that high risk, but really I didn't because like in my body, in my nervous system, I was freaking out. Right? I was like, let me just book anything, anyone, anyone who book, please take like, please let me plan your wedding. I think, I think the risk uh, tolerance is something that builds over time. Don't you? I agree, but you said something that um, that I do want to elaborate a little bit more. You said something that, well, you know, on the outwards, I just want to book all these all these weddings because inwardly you are you you are in a uh, do or die mode, right? Let me just yeah. book, just let me just plan your wedding. <laughs> let just book me and let me just do it. I do it at any price, right? That's what you were saying. Yeah. So I would say that. You know, even though we're going to talk about a few rookie mistakes, I think we're going to end up talking a lot more than we think we're going to talk about. Is you never want to go into business and closing sales with a desperate energy. Well, that's when, and that's a lesson for any for someone in any year of business. <laughs> absolutely, when you go in because it's only about the money, you are going to lose. Yeah, you will lose. You will lose in terms of not closing the deal or you will book someone that you really do not want to work with, but you need that money. Yes. So so I think in retrospect, right, I was glad that I didn't get into the desperate energy of booking whatever I want or whatever I need. Instead, I went to get another job and I mean like three, three slaps to my face later, I was like, okay, that's enough. So, so it's do or die. With the moment when I saw my 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 baby girl, I was like, "There's no way I'm not going to work for anybody anymore." So yeah, yeah, it's funny the the desperate the booking desperation. I feel like there's a little bit of that energy now in the wedding boom phase that we that everyone says we're in because I hear from you know wedding planners that I coach and just friends of mine in the industry in other parts of the country. I think this language surrounding like, oh, it's, these are the most weddings we're ever going to have. And it's a wedding boom. Everyone's looking around at each other going like, wait, are you booking every week? Are you booking every day? I should be booking every day. Maybe I should book more. Maybe I should lower my prices. Maybe I should say yes to more people. And I feel like it's creating this um, like scarcity mentality of like, well, other people have more than me right now. Do you feel any of that? Yes, absolutely. Because when you start comparing yourself to another event planner, how come she's booked every weekend and I'm not? And then you start to wonder what's wrong with me, right? So I always believe that even in my personal life, I have my blinders on. I only care about me. I'm sorry. I don't care about you. Yeah. No, I, listen, when I see someone book, working every weekend, I'm like, oh God, what? how little are they charging? That's what I think. I always think, oh, poor thing. How little are you charging that you're working every weekend? You know, I, I actually just made a, uh, went inside my own Facebook group and did a session today talking about, are you creating a lifestyle business? So I work based on how many hours I'm going to work. And I, I have my financial goals, which is why we go back to, go, you got to know your numbers. How much money do you want to make? How many hours do you want to work? And how yeah. much do you want to charge equates to how many clients you need to book in order to reach your financial goal? That's right that I just summarized not knowing your numbers. So I didn't do that at the very beginning. 
it was just like, okay, let's just let's just go and see how many clients I can book. Yeah. But if you don't have a, a number in mind, you don't have a plan in mind, how how are you gonna get there? How many hours you wanna work? Then it's just like, you know, you're just floating. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. I the se- my second year in business, you're gonna laugh, May. I've said this on the podcast before, so longtime listeners are gonna be like, we know Renee. But my first year, I booked eight weddings. My second year, I booked thirty-eight weddings. Oh my god! You I was, just kill yourself. <laughs> I was out of control. I was out of control. I wasn't charging enough, and that's why I was booking so readily, so easily, right? Mm-hmm. But I also gave myself the flu <laughs> multiple times because I was so mm-hmm. overworked and stressed out, and none of it was really worth it. And I had to have that really tough year of just, I was sick all the time and I was anxious. And in the end, I mean, the profit we pulled that year wasn't very much because I was paying assistance and paying for everything. And, you know, it was it was it worth it? It was worth it for the lesson, but I would never do it again. And I would caution anyone new who's listening um, to figure out exactly how much you want to make, even if that number scares the shit out of you. Like that I did after that, that year with 38 weddings, I sat down and did some hard math about like, what do I want to make and how many weddings do I have to book at this price to make it? And it, that number scared me. Like mm-hmm. really, I was like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But what I figured out in that moment was I was getting a lot of my self-confidence from the fact that I was booking a lot. Mm-hmm. And I missed the point that I was booking a lot because I was undercharging. Right. I was getting my confidence from the wrong place. Well, it's wrong place in your perspective. For, for some other people, it could be, it's a good confidence boost, but it's a hard lesson to learn. It is a hard lesson. Well, mm-hmm. I, now I know as, as a more of a grown woman and someone who's been in this forever, you know, you have to get your confidence from, you cannot get your confidence from something external, like booking, booking a ton of clients. Or I remember back, back in the day, I had this um, planner friend of mine you know, we sort of started together. She was in a different state. And one day she said to me, I have a 98% booking rate. Oh, that's bad. Well, and, but, but as a, as a rookie, I was like, oh my God, I should have a 98%. I should go figure out what mine is. And I went to figure it out and mine was like 83. And I was like, oh my God, I have to get better. Not, not realizing with the, you know, 2020 hindsight I have now, like, oh my God, what were we doing? You, if you have a 98% booking rate, something's actually something's wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah your, your pricing is low. You, the average booking rate should be at least 40 So if you go, if you go above that, that means you could be charging a little bit more. There you go. You heard it here first, y'all. If you have more than 40% booking rate, look at your pricing. Yeah. You're leaving money on the table. And established planners alike for everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So another rookie mistakes that I want to talk about is this. If I build it, they will come. Ah, uh, my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I have a website. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of you, right, who, you know, you, yeah, you have a, your, your website. Your website doesn't talk. All right. So your website, <laughs> your website doesn't go find people. All right. May, so. I love that so much. Your website doesn't talk. Oh, so. I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. I love it. <laughs> so basically, a lot of you who start, who, who, decided to take the leap of faith to start your own business is because a lot of your friends and family say, oh my God, you're so talented. Oh, look at these events that you've built that you have planned. It's so pretty. You have a talent for this. You should be charging for this. Why don't you start your own business? Yes or no, right? You hear people telling you all the time because you've done such a great job doing for friends and family. You're not charging a dime and you have a talent. So they, they encourage you to start your own business and or you are thinking that, mm, you know what, I can actually do this. So 
because you do such great work, right? So then you start your own business. He says, what? Because I do such great work. People who say that I do such great work is going to come and book with me. And then crickets. Like, what happened? Didn't everybody say I do great work? How come nobody's booking me? Well, if, they, if you don't market your business, if they can't find you, they can't pay you. If they can't find you, they can't pay you. They don't even know you're in business, number one. They don't know what you do. They don't know who you help. They don't know how much you charge. If you're not going to open your mouth to tell people you're in business, if you're not going to have visibility, whether in person or online, how are people going to know that you're in business? I mean, 100%. The so, website is not a, the website is a necessity, but it's, but it is only one step of very many steps to get visible. And I just want to, I'll ask you straight out because I know people listening, especially rookies are like, yeah, I also have an Instagram account. I have a, I have a website and an Instagram. I'm good. What do you think about that? I would say that, you know, I, you know, congratulations. At least you have a website and, a, and an Instagram. Okay. Right. Congratulations. But then there's still 99% of work that you need to do. That's right. Okay. So the question I'm going to ask you is your website. Did you SEO it? Did you have keywords that people can find you when they Google, they find you? Does your website represents what you do, the clients that you want to work with? And does it send a representation of a, the perception that the price that you want to charge, does it align with that? So a few things to think about. And your Instagram, how often are you coming on your Instagram? I'm not one to say that to, to do it 30 days and five times a day. No. Your Instagram, are you providing content that is engaging people, inspiring people, nurturing people? Are you solving a problem? Are you letting people know you're in business? Are you letting people know how you work? Are you letting people know what you have been up to? Are you helping them solving the, the challenges that they are going through when trying to plan the events themselves? Are you staying at the top of their mind so that they are consuming your content every week and then when the time is right, they will call you. Where are you? Is there a way to work with you? Have you been asking for people to work with you? So these are the things to think about. I feel like when you say that to a new business owner, I can feel them through the internet being like, oh, I don't know the answers to any of those things. And uh, and that's okay. I think the work is then doing the, the deep thought work that has to come from being a business owner to help people solve their problems. There is a unique way that every single business owner solves a problem for a client. You have to find it. That's work that only you can do. No one can do that work for you. I... I, I think as a new business owner, put yourself as in the position of your consumer, okay? Put yourself in the position of a, of a consumer. When you are looking for an event planner, you, how do you find an event planner? You Google, right? You Google, and then what does Google show you? And then whatever Google shows you, you go check them out. What do you want to see that is going to make you want to click and contact this person? Because you tend to attract some shade of you. That means your potential client or your ideal client is some shade of you, all right? So same thing on, on social media. Who do you follow? What do you like about their content? Why do you like about it? So, you know, I'm not asking you to copycat, but I'm asking you to evaluate how do you want to position yourself so that you will book yourself. 100%. It sounds, okay. 
when we say it like that, I know that it sounds simple, right? And it can be if you don't get all up in your head about it. <laughs> you know, listen, it's, it's going to be overwhelming when you start your business, okay? And you try and you, 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 you're trying to make everything perfect, which is another rookie mistake, which is getting your ducks in a row, okay? So you're trying to make everything perfect. So, oh my, oh my God, I, I, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound. What am I going to talk about? I mm, ah all the time. And, and um, I don't have enough pictures on my website. You let all these things, all, I, all you're talking to yourself is I can, I won't, I, I don't. I can, I won't, I don't. Mm. L- listen to how you're talking to yourself. If you start your own business and when you start your own business, I can, I don't, I won't. Okay, the, the I won't is subjective because if, if you're saying I won't do something and what you choose not to do is, is a right decision for your business, then great. But I can't, I don't, all these things are negative self-talk, all right? If you, if you don't have a positive mindset for your business, it, it, it's going to be hard. But getting your ducks in a row, trying to be perfect, okay? And I always say, you can't be perfect when you don't have anything to work on to be perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, like, you, you have someone look at your website, have your friends and family and say, hey, give me some feedback, all right? Give me some feedback, but don't be so afraid and start creating in your own vacuum. When yes. in your own vacuum, you don't even know if this is what people want. Yeah, that's a good point. I think so many times as uh, as new business owners, rookie mistake is kind of you know, and this is not even necessarily if you're plan if you're just launching your first wedding planning business, but for any side business you launch or side hustle or even new service package. Sometimes we get, especially as planners, because we're all a little type A, uh, we get so caught in like, well, I can't release it until it's perfect. And it took me a long time to realize that sometimes you need to put something out in the world, get feedback on it, and then tweak it. So the work isn't done because it's out there in the world, but that's it's just another way of refining things, really. Exactly. You know, it's the, the, you know, it's just like the first Apple phone that you got, right? Look at the Apple 3 to now that what we have. Look at the evolution. You, when you're growing your business, you got to first evolve before your business will evolve. You will never outgrow your business. That's right. Okay. You will never outgrow your business. And in order for you to evolve, something has to be put out there to get feedback. That's right. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, otherwise you're selling something because this is what you want to sell. It's great that you identify what you want to do because that's your passion. But then you have to understand what the market wants. And if what the market wants aligns with what you love to do, that's a synergy there. But if what the market wants is not what you love to do, then don't do it. Do something else. Well, and also let's say like you will likely be wrong when you first start your business. Like, let's just be honest about that. When I started my wedding planning business, I assumed I my ideal client was going to be like a very non-traditional couple, sort of like, I mean, this was back in 2013, right? So kind of like that era of like the steampunk weddings and like, you know, the very irreverent like offbeat bride weddings. And that's what I tried to do my first like two years. And if, if anyone out, you know, if you know my brand now, it could not be more different because I realized that even though my, my heart and my head, you know, wanted that sort of that, that client that wanted to do different, different things. And I was, you know, super open and non-judgmental and open to all 
my like the style didn't align like my first website kind of had like an art deco vibe but also gold glitter and my website i mean my logo had a bow tie on it like it was just bananas when i think about it now right it's like you laugh because you're like what in the world were you think doing i was just doing something i wanted to do put out what i thought would be cool and appropriate and get me the right clients and then you know in your three, I redid my entire website and I redid my entire website again two years ago. It, it constantly evolves, like you said, and you have to just put something out. Even if, even if 10 years later, you look back and cringe and go, oh, what was I thinking with that bow tie? You never oh, yeah, know. I, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I started my web, I did my website and I didn't change it until two years ago, like eight years. I, I have this 1980s website. I was like, holy shit, what happened there? So <laughs> It's like almost like a tinge, like a tinge of yellow. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, like old photos. Oh my god. So, yes. so you know. <laughs> so don't 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 try to get your ducks in a row. Even when for seasoned business owners, our ducks are still freaking going everywhere. All right. Well, and it's also like the ducks are everywhere. What do they say? It's like it's like herding kittens or something, right? But it's like yeah, herding cats hurting cats we always have to look at our business as a whole and think like does all of this match up in fact it's so funny you mentioned this this is actually one of my topics at wedding mba this year about like how to look at your business in a holistic way between like your branding your messaging how you show up for your clients how you dress how you like all of the things like does it align it's such a big question and it's one that as business owners we're always having to address because we like you said earlier we evolve our business evolves our clients evolve the world obviously evolves mm -hmm. so it's a you know don't wait for everything to be perfect sometimes you just have to start correct Ab absolutely you know it's like you wait you will wait that that one day will never come so let's make that one day today okay love it now what's the last one what's the last rookie mistake so the last one is thinking that you need a lot of things to start your business i started uh. my business with nothing okay 250 dollars get my business license now I, you know, this chatter out there, oh my God, I don't, whoever started it, I want to kill that person. So, so I was like at this event planners group and I'm looking at people were asking genuine question, what do I need to start my business? And then people were telling these people, you need to go buy coffee pots. You need to go get uh, like table linens. You what? need to, no, 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 no kidding. Okay. You need to get coffee carafes, shafers, table linens. You need to have inventory, okay? You need to have drapings. You need to have tables and chairs. I was like, I'm sorry, what the F are you talking about? Yeah, no, no thank you. And, and, and you need to have a venue. I was like, no, 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 no. This, this is what you need for your business, okay? The reason why we want to, to be event planners is probably one of those jobs that we can do. We can do our work anywhere, anytime, right? You don't want to be tied down to a location. And people were asking, but if I don't have an office, where where can I talk to my clients? Where do I go to go talk to my clients? I say, hello, you go to your client, your client doesn't come to you. That's okay? right. Okay? It's, right. it, it, it's just like, if I build it, they will come. No, no, no. You you go to your client. Your client doesn't come to you. And and they say that, okay, what about if, let's say, I want to show them a table setup, then you establish a very good relationship with your vendors. Mm -hmm. And these vendors, if they are a production company, they will do it over there, That's all right? right? So you bring your clients there. So what do you really need? Why, why do you need an office space, honestly? Why? Why do you need office space? So that you feel legit? That's right. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like, it's a vanity. Yeah. It's a vanity exactly. thing, I think. Exactly. So that you feel legit, right? Do you know that the reason why this business is such a lucrative business is because 
the overhead cost is so low That's if right. you know how to run your business. Like my overhead was like 10% of the money I brought in. I so, so I'm like, I'm rolling dough. So, so, you know, not to boast, but you can have that too if you really know your numbers and you really know how to structure your business. You don't need an office, okay? You don't need an office. You go to your client or you meet up in a nice hotel at the lobby, you go to a cafe, go to a restaurant. Hotel lobbies are the unsung heroes of wedding planners. <laughs> hotel lobbies, I mean, come on. If anyone listening is like, I don't know where to meet a client, y'all pick the nicest hotel lobby, go and order a very expensive iced tea and sit there for two hours. Like if you're, if you really need to have that meeting in person, I, I'm with you, May. I've never, um, I've never paid for office space. I did, I did join pre-pandemic. I was a very proud member of an all-female co-working space here in LA okay. where I met clients all the time because it, it was kind of a, it was kind of like a, it was a very like trendy hip place, you know? And yeah, so no, I said, those, hey. those I support. Those right. I, support. I was like, oh, well, yeah. we could have a meeting at the wing. And people were like, ooh, let's go to the wing. I was like, great. Um, of course, RIP the wing. It's not the same as it was. And I'm no longer a member. But that's the only time I've ever paid for space. And I loved my time there. But when the pandemic hit and, you know, I came back home full time, you know, everything right now, at least for me, is still happening on Zoom. I'm so thrilled with it because I can do a lot of my work in, in a lot more efficient of a time frame. But yeah, I think having the office makes other people looking outside in at us feel like, oh, she is very legit. She has an office. Unless you have a big team or unless you have a, a home situation that is untenable for a dedicated home office, you know, there really isn't any reason to have that overhead, I think. No, I, I agree with you 100%. The flexibility of being able to work anywhere it's it is great and you know also knowing your numbers you don't need to you don't need to have that overhead unless like what Renee said that you are your home environment is not a conducive environment for you to conduct um your business then yeah. then yes go go do it at a uh, you know we work or community that's right um, or like space. or yeah community space or get rent an office with other wedding pros that actually i've had some people i've seen mm -hmm. some people in la do that um kind of on the outskirts like uh, a planner a florist a photographer a videographer all share one giant office and it works out really well because then they can refer to each other so that's an option but it's certainly not anything you need to set up in your first year because you need to know that you're going to be bringing in consistent income you also need to understand the trends in your local market you know like every market is different you will have there will be seasons in every market that are you know where you're rolling in money and others where you're like oh god i can't catch a break here and that's just the way it goes in every market because our jobs are really cyclical yes absolutely you know i couldn't i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more you know i, I want to go back to what you really need for your business it's not a physical location, not a venue, not an office space, unless you want to be a venue owner. And I will discourage you to become a venue owner the first, at least the first two years going into the business because the overhead will kill you. Oh, yeah. If, yeah, the overhead <laughs> will kill you. You know, when, when I was in, in, in the hotel industry, my job is to market a venue. And there's so many intricacies. You really got to know what you're doing. And when you're doing event as an event planner as a wedding planner you build all these relationships and then if you decide to do a venue to have a owner venue that's when you bring a relationship with you where they will be using your venue for their events right. so no what you really need is actually a phone a computer or a laptop yep and a reliable transportation. That's that's all you need. That's what I was gonna and, say. I was like buy yeah. the best MacBook you can afford, get the best phone you can afford with the best camera. And yeah. make sure you have a way to get places on the fly. Because sometimes, 
it happens all the time here where like, I'm like, oh, I have a full day in the office. And then I'm like, nope, running an errand. Nope. Got to go do something. And you can't be beholden to, at least in my mind, especially where I live, public transportation. So yeah, I 100% agree with you, May. Yeah. So, so don't be discouraged by what other people are telling you. Okay. So whatever other people are telling you that they need to own all these things, I would say, go evaluate and look at them and see where they are in their business. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, listen, there's probably 17 other things we could talk about as far as rookie mistakes, but we decided these were the big ones. <laughs> That's right. We don't want to discourage people. Listen, we don't want to discourage newbies to join our industry. We want new people to join our industry. That's right. And, you know, and, and we want to be able to continue to help them. But these are the fields that you want to avoid and ultimately, right? If you are doing what you really love and you truly believe that you can make it despite whatever is coming your way, whatever is coming your way is just an opportunity for you to grow and evolve as a person and as a business owner. You're going to make it. You will make it. I agree. And before we wrap up, I want to, I want to just address something that I might, some of you might be feeling um, is a little bit of overwhelm, right? Because we mentioned a lot of things, but I'm going to remind everyone listening what I always say about overwhelm which is that overwhelm is a choice that you're making for yourself. No one ever says they're overwhelmed when they're in action. So if all the things May said made you feel like, oh, I don't know where to start, just pick something and start. Just make one small choice today to start. Because the only reason we run around saying we're overwhelmed is when we're stuck. And you don't need to be stuck. That's also a choice. That That is correct. Very well said to round up the whole, <laughs> the whole episode. Thanks, man. You know, you know, being overwhelmed is actually a good thing. Because that means you're thinking about doing something. There you go. I like that okay. perspective as well. It yeah. doesn't have to be a bad thing. It means you're firing on all cylinders there. You're ready to go. Exactly. I love just, it. Just understand if you love what you're doing, break down the overwhelm into a bite size, okay? We're not trying to eat the whole elephant in one sitting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't try to eat an elephant at all. <laughs> in the literal sense you guys i'm kidding i'm kidding may where can everyone find you out on the interwebs so you can follow my podcast it's called the unstoppable eventrepreneur so even e-v-e-n-t-r-e-p-r-e-n-e-u-r the unstoppable eventrepreneur and then my instagram is also uh is at mayo silvers m-a-y-y-e-o-s-i-l-v-e-r-s so you can follow me on this in these two platforms. And I also have a private uh, Facebook group called Events for Anyone, E-V-E-N-T-S, number four, anyone, um, A to Z guide to start and grow your event planning business. So I do have something to share if it's okay with you. We yes, do have please. a workshop. We do have a workshop coming up called Passion to Profit Workshop in May. And we are starting on May 9th, which is a Monday. It's a five-day workshop. It's called Passion to Profit, where we will have one hour every day 8 p.m. Eastern Time Zone, where we will be talking about all the things you need to grow a thriving business. So day one, we talk about how to become legit, how to build a team, system, a process. Day two, we talk about marketing and conversion. How do you convert leads into paying clients? Day three, we, we talk about money, your money mindset, your relationship with money, and how that affects you closing sales. Day four, I share my journey, how I built both my businesses into multiple six-figure business. And day five, we talk about pricing. How do we price ourselves and what do we need to do to reach our income goal? So if this is something that you like to do, first and foremost, just follow my, my, um, my podcast and Instagram. And then closer to date, just register for the workshop. It's free. 
Amazing. We will put all of that in the show notes. We will link to the upcoming workshop. It'll be coming up when you guys hear this, it'll be coming up in about a week and a half. So um, do not delay. Do not sleep on this. Click, click, click through the show notes and go sign up for the workshop with May. And May, thank you so much for being here. You're delightful. And I'm so glad we got to know each other. Thank you so much for having me, Renee. This has been a blast. Yay. I love it. All right, team. All right, friends. You know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say thank you for spending your time with us this week because I know that your time is the one thing you cannot make more of. And I always am so grateful that you spend it with us. We will see you next week, friends. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 